Well, good evening, Empowered Church. It's like 17 of you. Good evening, Empowered Church. It's so good to be with you. Feels like it's been forever since I've been on this platform having the opportunity to share with you. I've been spending some time up and down, traveling to Cape Town. Um, God is doing some amazing things. I've seen the post, Pastor Stefan was there this morning as well, and God is just doing incredible things all over. Um, Durban, Prophet is there tonight with a prophetic fire night, and it's just incredible to see how God is moving across this nation. Come on, what a privilege to be part of what God is busy doing, eh? Come on, amazing. But it's good to be with you. I'm excited to, to just be here tonight, and I'm I'm afraid to say I don't want to be long because normally when we say that, then we go like really long. Richard, he knows exactly what I'm saying. But I do want to be short tonight in what I share. I just, I've been with the Lord this week and just, just enjoying what God is busy doing in my life. Enjoying to see what God is busy doing in our lives. And we want to continue tonight speaking around ambassadors of heaven. Who of you were with us last Sunday evening? Sunday before that as well. And uh, just listening to Pastor Stephen as he preached two weeks ago and Prophet last week Sunday about ambassadors of heaven. I've been so moved again just about the power that we carry. Come on, do you believe that you carry power as an ambassador of heaven? I need more of you to believe that the word is actually true. And I am just moved by how God is busy raising up people in this time. I want to maybe start maybe from a different angle. And, and forgive me if it, if it feels like I'm starting quite you know, somewhat heavy. But I do want to just mention this before I dive into one or two things. I think one of the things that I've heard many a times in my life people speaking about what it means to be an ambassador, 2 Corinthians 5, we'll read that in a moment, listening to Prophet and Pastor Stephen as they shared in the first two parts of the series. I'm, I'm just, I'm aware of the truth that is found in understanding that God has made us to be ambassadors, representatives of heaven. But allow me to submit to you in this evening that when Paul was writing that letter, he was speaking about him and those following him as the ambassadors of heaven. And may I submit to you tonight that not every believer is an ambassador of heaven. I said, forgive me if it starts somewhat heavy, but, but we need to understand that there's some place that God wants to move us to. You don't become an ambassador automatically just because you've accepted Christ. It doesn't work that way. My apology if that's been your theological understanding of 2 Corinthians 5. When Paul was saying, we are ambassadors, he wasn't speaking about everybody. He was saying, I and those following me, we are ambassadors of Christ. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We are here with a mandate. We are here sent by heaven to do something on earth. But I must submit to you that there's many people that live as citizens, which you are of heaven but not an ambassador. We fool ourselves if we say that the, the, the power and the authority that's encapsulated, that's found in a representative of heaven is visible in every believer. It's not. 
But the good news is that God wants it to be because in you, you carry the potential to be the ambassador of heaven. Within you, you have the authority to walk as Jesus walked. That invitation has been given to every believer to say, stand up and present yourself as somebody that represents heaven on earth. And I pray, it's my prayer, it's my prayer, it's been throughout this whole week and I pray it tonight, that as I share with you the Word of the Lord tonight, that something will move in your heart, that you yourself will be moved from a place of citizenship where you say, I'm not just a citizen of heaven. No, there's something that I am able to display on earth. There's a power that I carry. There's something that I have to give. There's a mandate that I carry. There's an assignment that's been given to me. And may in this night, may you take up that authority that's been given to you. And may we walk out of this place tonight as true ambassadors of heaven. Thank you to everybody that said amen. And if you're online, just type amen if you you want to shout there in your home, wherever you are. So can we read 2 Corinthians 5? I wanna just share one or two thoughts and then I wanna come in for a landing and just see what the Lord will do tonight. If you've got your Bibles, you can open them, 2 Corinthians chapter number five. If you haven't, follow me. I'm gonna be reading from the New King James and then from the message. Listen to this. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say with me, new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. That word is there again. Now then, listen to this, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be, there's that word again, reconciled to God. Say with me, reconciliation. Reconciliation. Being an ambassador is all about reconciliation. That's where many people miss it. Yes, uh, ambassador, if we have to go into the detail of it, an ambassador is somebody that embodies a, he's a representative of a country. If we have to take it in our context, if the ambassador of the United States of America has to come here, he embodies the United States of America. He as a person embodies a nation. How powerful is that? You as a believer, you can embody heaven. I'm just gonna try this side. I wasn't, I thought that was a great place to say, I mean, you can embody heaven, meaning wherever you go, people see you, they hear you, and it's like they come in contact with heaven when they meet you. Thank you. <laughs> come on, we've gotta be excited about this, that you are an embodiment of heaven. But we've gotta understand that an ambassador in the, the United States of America, he, the ambassador in South Africa, he carries the authority of a nation behind him. Yes, he's received all the resources he needs. He pays for nothing in this nation. 
his housing, his car, what he eats, where his children go to school, everything is paid for by that nation because he's an embodiment of that nation. If we can only understand, that's how we should live as believers. Where you live, what you drive, where you go, what you eat, what you prepare for your children, everything has been given to you by heaven. You carry that. I don't see the ambassador of the United States of America going to one of these loan sharks and asking him to borrow 50,000 rand. He's got everything that he needs, but I want you to note one thing. He's given up everything to be here. And that's where we miss it. We preach great sermons about what we carry and the power, but then we ask, well, let me say this, the world is asking, well, if you are ambassadors of heaven, if you carry that amount of power and authority, why are we not seeing it in the lives of believers? Why are we not seeing it? If you carry everything, the resources of heaven, the power of heaven, the message of God, why are we not seeing the power being displayed through the lives of believers? It's because they have not given up everything. There's one message that rings throughout the gospel. And remember, Paul himself said, I am an ambassador of the gospel. Ephesians 6 verse 20. I am an ambassador. I embody the gospel. And the gospel message is one of laying down myself so that Christ can rise through me. Friends, you will carry every bit of power, all the resources, all the backing of heaven, every angel at your assignment, if you are willing to lay down everything. But the reason that so many believers are walking around claiming an ambassador title, but living as a citizen only, is because they've not given up everything. That ambassador of the United States of America, he gave up everything to be here to be an embodiment of His nation in a foreign country. That's why the Bible says we are like aliens in this world. Friends, let me tell you, the, the older I get, the more I walk with God, the more I realize this world has got nothing to offer me. It has nothing to offer me. There is no pleasure of this world that can compare to the pleasures of heaven to the pleasures and the joy of my Lord. Have we got any idea what pleasure, what joy we stir in the heart of our Father if we walk in His ways, if we walk in obedience? Like tonight when we just worship Him and give Him praise, the joy that is stirred, the pleasures forevermore is found in Him. There's nothing this world has to offer. And I tell you now, we are in a season and it, it's, it's amazing, wherever we see revival before that season of revival, which is upon us, there will always be, and we can call it cleansing, a time of purifying, but I tell you what it is. It's a time where people realize that this world means nothing. I want everything that He has to give. And that complete surrender that complete surrender, that is what ushers in revival. That is what is found in revival. It's people that's become empty of themselves. That's why God can embody them to display His power and His majesty through them. And there's this invitation to every single one of you, 
everyone, not just those that learned and the scholars, the good looking. No, everybody, young, old, black, white, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what your background is, every single one of us has been given that invitation to become an ambassador, a representative of heaven. But, but, if I am not devoting my life to the ministry of reconciliation, I'm not an ambassador. I might be a Christian on steroids. I might be a, 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 a guy that is found in the scriptures, um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the house of his father. I might be doing all the things right. I, must be, I might be praying and reading and fasting and fellowshipping and doing all of that. But if I'm not into the ministry of reconciliation, I am not a representative of heaven. I'm not the ambassador of Christ. It's true. It's the reality that God loves you just the way you are. But if you want all of heaven to come in behind you, the forces of life and light become your force in life, then you've got to devote yourself to what Christ has devoted Himself to. Jesus didn't come just to read scriptures and pray and fast and fellowship. Jesus was here on a mission, friends. He was doing all of that in His mission, but that was not the mission. His mission, the Bible says He was set on one thing and that was the cross. He came to reconcile man to God. That's why in that moment when He died on that cross, that veil was torn. And he was making a declaration saying, it's open. Anybody can come in and spend time in the presence of his God again. The ministry of reconciliation. What does reconciliation mean? Reconciliation means that two people that's been at war, and please may I remind you, as Paul writes, that we were at war with God. You might say, no, Yerik, I wasn't at war with God, man. Every single one of us in the life that we live, in the sinful nature, we were at war with God. And Christ came to save us, to set us free from all forms of judgment and condemnation that rested upon us. He liberated us so that we can be united with the Father again. It's that message of reconciliation. It starts in Genesis and it goes right through to the book of Revelation. God sent judges, kings, prophets, ultimately His Son, to do what? To reconcile people back to God. And we fool ourselves if we think, and, and, and allow me to submit this to you, we fool ourselves if we think that the moment I've given my life to Him, I have accepted the fullness of that invitation. No. There's many believers that still live at war with God. Can we go deeper tonight? Is it all right? Can God speak to our hearts? There's many believers that live in no peace at all. There's many believers that have got no joy. 
There's many believers that still walk around condemned and guilty every day of their lives. Many believers, they struggle to pray because every time they pray, they feel condemned. They feel accused by the enemy. There's many believers that walk around trapped in willful sin. It's awfully quiet in the church right now. How many of us have truly embraced the fullness of what God has to offer? We haven't. And please, I'm not here with a message of condemnation. I'm here with an invitation to say there's more. Come up higher. Let's go deeper. There's more. There's more. God doesn't want you to walk around with condemnation over your life. There is therefore no more condemnation. I tell you, it angers me to see how many believers are walking around every day of their lives in condemnation. How many believers are still wondering will they make heaven or hell when they die one day? It's, 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 it's crazy that there's people out there still fearing hell, but they've given their lives to Christ. Can we not understand the depth, the truth of what God has offered us? The moment you give your life to Christ, the fullness of Christ lives in you. I've taught on this many a times. You all know that. The fullness of Christ is in you. But you are not in the fullness of Christ. That is a process. I grow up into Christ. Come on, are we all reading the same Bible here? Some of you are looking at me funny. It's like, you serious? Come on, the moment I give my life to Christ, the fullness of Christ is in me. But I still need to grow up into the fullness of Christ. That's why Watchman E calls it the greatest mystery in Christ and Christ in me. To understand that God has given us grace to take us from one position to another. God has given us grace. The moment I give my life to Christ, I've received grace. But that grace is not so that I can just hover around on a lilo for the rest of my life. That grace is supposed to do something in my life. What is grace supposed to do? It's supposed to move me from one dimension to another so that I can reach a place where it's not just the fullness of Christ in me, but where I have grown up into the fullness of Christ. You see, the more I grow into the fullness of Christ, the less grace I need. (laughs) Are we all still okay? Come on, God wants to move His church but He wants to move His church into a deeper dimension, into something higher, into something greater. We've got to move, we've got to transition from from one dimension of maturity to another. We've got to grow. If we don't grow, we'll never go. And God wants us to go. He wants us to move, to take ground. He wants you to be an ambassador of heaven. It feels like I'm shouting at all of you. Are you all still okay? He wants us to be ambassadors. He wants us to be representatives. Come on, friends. The best representative is not the one that's still in his diapers trying to not poo himself. Think with me. The representative is the mature man and woman 
that have come to understand how much they are loved. They've come to understand the gospel message, what it offers. They've come to understand the free gift of salvation and what is, what is wrapped up in that gift. And they've made a decision to say, I want that. I want everything of that. I will not stay here anymore in my diapers trying just to, you know, God, here help me. You by the foot of the cross, here help me, forgive me. No, I've got to move beyond that. And there's a place for at the foot of the cross, but we've got to move beyond the foot of the cross. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. For those that has given their life to Christ, that's where you are, at the foot of the cross. Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. But now the way of salvation needs to become a way that you walk in. It's got to move you somewhere. There's got to be a time in your life where you no longer say, please forgive me, where you have understood that you have been forgiven where there's not an unrepented heart in you anymore and you are walking in victory in Christ. And, and, and you might not be sinless, but you sin less every day. You become more powerful every day. The devil has less of a hold on your life every day. It's every day you become stronger and stronger, more determined, more focused, more functioning in power because it's Him working in you, through you growing up into the head, which is Christ. That was my introduction. I've said that. I just want to read one. I want to read this out of the message and then I'm going to come in for a slow landing. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 20 in the message. Listen to this. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. Catch this. They're speaking about a maturity that they have stepped into. They're saying we don't see people the way we used to see them anymore. They said we made the same mistake with Jesus. Listen to this. We looked at the Messiah that way once and we got it all wrong, as you know. He says, no, we don't live like that anymore. We have come to understand that the life that we live is not a life by sight. It's a life by faith. There's a, there's a spiritual dimension that moves me. I'm not moved by my, uh, the pleasures of this world, by the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. That's not what moves me anymore. I am moved by a spiritual dimension. We certainly don't look at Him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. He's created new. The old life is gone, a new life emerges. (laughs) Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and Him and then called us to settle our relationship with each other. God put the the world square with Himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what He is doing. God has given you the task to tell everyone what He is doing. If we just have to pause there and ask ourselves, how much have I told people lately what God is busy doing? I'm sure there's people in this place, and I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. You might say, I can't remember if I've ever said that to people. But God has given you this task to go up to people, look them in the eye and say, I want to tell you what God is busy doing. 
Why? Because you're a representative of Him. We are Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We are speaking for Christ Himself now. See, that's a representative of heaven. Somebody that speaks for Christ. Do you know that an ambassador has got nothing like speaking off the record? Do you know that? True story. Go look at it yourself. An ambassador of another country, he hasn't got the liberty to say off the record. Every word that he speaks, he speaks as one representing a country. That's why I know that many of us are not walking as ambassadors because our mouths are still speaking rubbish. But Christ is saying, I want you to speak on my behalf. <laughs> I want you to say to people, I want to tell you what God is busy doing. And you can say that with boldness because you know what He's doing. That's the question tonight. Do we know what heaven is busy doing? Do we understand the move of God in our time, in our generation? We are speaking for Christ Himself now. And this is the message. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Yes, I love that. It's one of the most amazing verses in the Message Bible. Become a friend of God. He's already a friend with you. Become a friend of God. I'm coming in for a landing, I told you. Become a friend of God. He's already a friend with you. I can go up to any man and I can tell any man, God wants to be your friend. Thank you for being amazingly kind. Bless the two of you. Thank you. God wants to be your friend. What incredible beauty is found in that. And I'll tell you, you know what's, you know what's the sad reality? Is that we are so busy with ourselves, we're missing the invitation to friendship. I said to the Lord this afternoon, Lord, what is the obstacle? What keeps people from being reconciled with you? Even believers, what keeps us from truly being reconciled with God? And at first my thoughts were going, is it, is it unrepented heart? Is it sin? I just felt the Lord speak to me and say, Eric, it's not sin. It's not sin that keeps people from you. I've conquered sin. It's self. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God except you. Self. Self. That is the evil of our time. Is that people have become absolutely consumed with themselves. My pleasure, my needs, my wants, my prayer points, my this, my that, my comfort, my style, my this, my that, my, 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 my. It's the evil of our day. It's self. 
self-righteousness, self-blame, self-hatred, self-love. All of those things become an obstacle to you becoming an ambassador of heaven. Come on, you can't have an ambassador from the state sitting there in his office the whole time, just checking himself out in the mirror, you know, am I looking good? Am I? He's not here to look good. He's here to do a job. He's here to fulfill a mandate. He's here to reconcile. He's here to do what he's been sent to do. How many of us have become busy with ourselves? And the enemy has become an absolute expert in keeping you busy with you. Everything he does is just to keep you busy with you. Because as long as you're busy with you, you're not going anywhere. You might say, Eric, this is a hard message tonight, man. Friends, I've come tonight to give you the word of the Lord that God wants to move you from being a citizen to become an ambassador, a representative of the greatest move that this world has ever seen. It's the move of heaven on earth that He wants His kingdom to come and His world to be established through your life. But He cannot do it with somebody that is fixated and trapped and busy with themselves. He wants somebody that will lay themselves down. Friends, I tell you now, you might sit here tonight saying, yo, Eric, you know, I'm not there, you know. I've heard these messages before, you know, it's like surrender all, die to self. Yes, those things don't sit lacquer with me. Friends, you will wake up one day and may it not be too late. You will wake up one day and say, if only then I listened to the invitation of the Father. As a small little boy, that invitation was made to me. I was 12 years old by a long-haired Engia worship leader. I was in the Engia church. And that invitation was made to me when I was 12 years old. Give everything to Jesus. I stood up that night in the spur of a moment and I gave Jesus my little heart. I didn't give Him my life. And the very next year, everything in my life started spiraling into darkness. And on the age 23, 10 years later, I woke up. And I can't tell you how many times I have said, if only, if only, I could go back to age 12 and say, Jesus, I give you everything. I would have saved my school. I would have changed the community. I tell you now, I would have given God the best of my life. And I know that God makes all things work together and God is a God that can accelerate anything. He's the God that can take the bad and turn it into the good. I understand that, but I'm telling you now, we have no time to waste. We fool ourselves if we think you've got another 30 years to park on your lilo and watch Netflix and hang around with a choma and play golf. And, and please, I'm, you, you've heard me say these things before. I'm not against you having a good life. But your life is not about having a good life. God wants you to have the fullness of life. And that looks like a life surrendered, fully surrendered to the one. A life that is fully surrendered to the cause of the King. And I, I, I pray, I, I beseech thee, brethren. Yo, King James Version. 
I beseech thee, brother, that you would give yourself away. That you will say, God, you can have everything. Everything. And your everything looks different to the guys next to you's everything. For some of you, you're addicted to TV. Just watch TV every night of your life. You're wasting hours of your life. Hours. Hours of your life. You are wasting it. That TV, the programs that you've watched, every series that you've done, it will have no eternal value in your life. Some of you, your everything is, uh, is, that, is that, yeah, that default that you have. You know, every now and then, I just got to take a couple of whiskeys. And, you know, might be a cigarette that you struggling to break the habit. I'm not here to offend you, friends, please. But we've got to speak these things straight and honest, man. Let's stop fooling one another. Saying God is okay with these things. Man, God loves you so much that He doesn't want you to remain where you are. And, 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 and allow me to say, we, that's where we often focus. See, doppie wat ons drink en die sky wat ons rook en die TV wat ons kyk. Friends, those are not the things that will send you to hell. It is the self that steals your life from you. In front of your own eyes, you will see yourself slip away and you will miss the plan that God has for you. And please, I am the first guy to preach that you will not miss it. God has got a purpose for your life. Everybody that knows me knows me that I will encourage you in your journey, but I cannot stand before you and say you can just park and slide on your lilo for the rest of your life and think that God's gonna raise you up as some great and mighty warrior. Well done, good and faithful servant. No, we cannot fool ourselves. Self, 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 the obsession with self actually made a list. I looked into the, uh, let me not get into the teaching of this, but listen to this. And there's so much of self. I just dotted down a couple of things. Self-righteousness. Meaning you, you in yourself tried to prove yourself as approved. And you are not approved. In yourself, you can do nothing that will please God. Bible says even your good works are filthy rags. Ni a fail Larkany, a rag. I mean, it's, it's a rag and it's dirty. It means nothing to God. If your good works, if your righteousness is not found in the righteousness of Christ, it means nothing. You're not approved by that. Self-pity. You might sit here tonight and say, Eric, but you don't know what happened in my life 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. You don't know how I've been abused. You don't know how I've been um, this or that. I tell you now, get out of self-pity. Stand up, forgive yourself, forgive other people and move on with your life. That's what I said earlier. The devil is an expert of keeping you in yourself. He will be there every day. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I love us. Oh man, you know, the way that that guy treated you, you lost your business, lost everything, you lost your wife, you lost your this, it's his fault, it's that fault, it's the government's fault, it's the white people's fault, it's the black people's fault. Stop it. Get out of self-pity. Dust yourself off, off, stand up and move on with your life. There is greater things to do for God than to sit and sulk in what has been done to you. Come on, friends, life is too short. Let nobody hold the key to your destiny. What are you going to say one day? Oh, yeah, yeah, Lord, I wanted to do it for you, but you know, yeah, these people, God. No, man. You will stand accountable for what you have done with your life.
Can I throw one or two more? Self-sufficiency. When I become self-sufficient in myself. And we like to quote the scriptures, I can do all things, but then we forget it actually says through Christ that strengthens me. God is not looking for self-sufficient people. He's looking for people that will rely fully on Him. Even in what you think you can do, that you will say, God, I cannot do this without you. Self-sufficiency. Self-admiration. My goodness. Me and my wife, we were sitting in a restaurant the other day, having an ice cream. There was a lady. And please, I say this with great humility. I think she took 700 selfies of herself. In a, I'm not joking. If it's seven, I'm, 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 like God's honest truth. In about 20 minutes, she took like 700 photos of herself. The whole time. Tick, tick, tick. Then the ice cream is here. Then the ice cream is there. Then it's from behind. Then it's from... Eventually, I thought to my, I wanted to go to her and say, please, lady, just eat the ice cream. <laughs> Self-admiration. Please, I've got nothing against you taking a selfie. But how many people have become obsessed with themselves? You see the Instagram account, you think, yeah, yes, yes. nice looking family, you know? Yes, you see the Oaks in real life and you think to yourself, is that the same guy? We use so many filters and this and that to try and admire ourselves. Man, God loves you all the way you, just the way you are. <laughs> he loves you, man. You only have to prove yourself to God. He loves you. Self-love, self-absorption. I'm so full of ourselves. Man. What are we going to do? Everything is what I enjoy, where I want to go, what movie I want to watch, this is I and I and I. Give your life away, man. I can tell you I've done many funerals in my life over the last 15 years. I've done many. And I see everyone as, the, as a privilege to send somebody, to say goodbye to somebody and, and facilitate that on behalf of a family. But I can tell you, the people that have lived their lives for themselves and the people that have given themselves to others, you know where you see that? You see it at their funeral. Because one person, there's like four people sitting there and three of the four doesn't even like the guy that passed on. But the people that's given themselves away, you'll find crowds of people cheering that guy on saying, well done, good and faithful servant. We celebrate your life. Come on. Life is about more than you. Then self-abuse. You can become so angry with yourself. The devil keeps you so angry at yourself that you keep on abusing yourself. And I'm not just talking about cutting yourself or I'm talking about the way that you think about yourself. You would look in the mirror and actually hate what you see. No, man. God loves you. He, he paid a high price for you. Don't hate yourself. Don't hate what He loves. Don't abuse what He loves. Self-centeredness. Centeredness. Self-destructiveness. Self-help. Many churches, they preach the gospel of self-help. Five steps to do this better. Four steps to become a better this. No, man. Gospel is not a self-help program. Just die to yourself and Christ will live through you. Finish your class. It's easy as that. Self-hatred, self-indulgence, self-service, self-willed, self, self, self. Amen. I think it's John Piper that said the, the I'm probably going to quote it wrong. My apologies. He says, the aim of my life, the sum total of my life should be to enjoy God 
while I glorify Him. That's it. What, what, do, what do I want to do with my life? I want to enjoy God while I glorify Him. And that's the invitation. And that's the kind of ambassadors that God is looking for. People that will say, or that others will say of you, I, I see Him in you. That, that Jesus that D.D. Jakes preached about, I see that Jesus in you. That Jesus that my Sunday school teacher taught me about many years ago, I see Him in you. I see Him in you. And I look across this auditorium and I can say, yes, I do. I see Jesus in so many of you. You are becoming ambassadors of Christ. But there's people in this place tonight that God wants to reconcile with you. God wants you to know tonight He's not angry at you. He wants to be your friend. Close your eyes quickly, everybody. Listen to what God is saying. I want to be your friend. 